This is On Mike with Jordan Rich. Great to be with you as always. My guest today, to put it mildly, is just plain fascinating. His name is John Holland. He's a world-renowned psychic medium, spiritual teacher, and best-selling author. I met John, no, 25 years ago when he was just emerging as one of the tops in his field. And what I love about John is that he's never lost that neighborhood touch or his charming Boston accent. But John and I did several radio shows over the years. He'd appear with me late night and we'd take calls from listeners. And I was always blown away by his incredible intuition and his connection with, shall we say, the mysterious. There are skeptics out there, but one thing's for sure. John is as sincere as anybody I've ever met and takes it very, very seriously. So, ready to explore the great beyond and more with a man who's made it his life's work to study it all? Well, you've come to the right place as we welcome John Holland to join us on Mike. Wow, it's been a few years, and John Holland, it's great to see you again. We're actually looking at each other on the Zoom camera. Right. <laughs> and you look magnificent. Yeah, well, it's all about the lighting, Jordan. You know? <laughs> so, you look great, too, so thank you. It's, I'm glad our paths crossed like this. Well, strangely enough, and I'll let you tell the story, you called me, you contacted me a while back, and I'm glad you did. Why did you contact me again? That was kind of because interesting. Because I was thinking of you, and I was thinking a lot of you in May. I mean, you've always been, you know, not far from my thoughts, you know, through the months and years. And for, for some reason, in May, you just kept coming to over and over. And I take that as a sign. Hmm. If I keep thinking of someone and it goes away, that's just imagination. But if it keeps coming back, that's my intuition. That's my soul saying, call Jordan. So that was in May, and I just wanted to see how you were. Was May special for you or anything? You and in, in, in I don't believe it was too much, or you know maybe we were supposed to just hook up. But I kept getting the vibe, uh, call Jordan, and I say that to everybody. If you if you're thinking of your sister, you haven't seen in a, in a month or two months, and you get that thought, call your sister, and you're thinking, oh, I talked to her a month or two ago. I'll call her later this week, and the thought keeps coming back. That's really, Jordan, I really believe it's a sign. Call your sister. And if it, you do call, or when you call, don't yeah. be surprised if they're, if she's going through something, whether, you know, happy, sad, mm. or she yells and says, I was just thinking of you. So, yeah. Well, I think, especially now, with as we record this, we're still in the throes of the pandemic. And I think That's a lot right. of people uh, are even getting more of that sense, that spiritual sense that it's a good idea to connect. But uh, one of the taglines, if you will, on the website, your loved ones are just a thought away. True. I, I don't have you very long here because uh, the nature of these things, but I want to start by having you retell your story. When I first met you, you told me your story as a as a child growing up in Dorchester, a suburb of Boston, uh, right, right outside the city. Okay, yeah, um, Irish, Italian, Catholic. I don't mind tell, uh, saying it again. Uh, raised in Dorchester, Mass., and from an alcoholic home, uh, there was five of us, and uh, you know, raised very Catholic. And I was always the sensitive child. I was a colicky baby constantly crying, constantly clinging to my mother's leg. Um, I didn't play outdoors with my brothers, uh, sports or baseball. I would be inside drawing um, or anything that had to do with spirits, ghosts, uh, religion, even religion, um, anything like that. Uh, you know, had my own magic kit, uh, Bewitched, I Dream of Genie were my favorite uh, sub, you know, <laughs> TV programs and Dark Shadows for us older oh, people. Oh, I loved it. I loved it too. Right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, you know, I was different. And, you know, like in society, Jordan, anytime somebody's different, even now, I mean, there's bullying. So I was called names. Not only was I very sensitive as a child, um, I knew things I couldn't possibly have known. Who was going to um, come over that night or, uh, you know, a surprise visit or if I knew a, uh, a relative was sick or I, I would finish other people's sentences 
And I, when I was a kid in my bedroom with my brothers in the bunk beds, um, you know, the three of us in one bedroom in the apartment building, and I would see people walking through my room uh, that looked like, uh, I thought I was dreaming. And they were all in different costumes. And I realized that probably was the spirit world. And and someone says, weren't you ever frightened? I said, no, because I was all, I was my first book, Born Knowing. That's when you met me. Mm. Came out in 2003, Jordan. That's how you know me. That's how I know you. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the story. And so I hid the ability. I hid this, um, you know, as much as I could. My teenage friends would say to me, John, do that thing that you do. It would be like a prediction or I would say what they were or pick a number, whatever. Many years afterwards, I moved to California, L.A., and I was in an automobile accident that awoke these abilities. But it turned them on so strong, Jordan, that I didn't know what to do with it. So I've studied psychic work as a kid and a young man. And so I went back to the books and I said, why is this not um, how do I, what do I do with this? Why is this happening? And if I'm going, and if this is happening, how did it happen? And that's when I went into the mechanics of how your intuition, your psychic ability works with the energy centers, the R, and, and that's how it started. And it really, now that I think of it, Jordan, years later, it wasn't necessarily the accident. It was the trauma of the accident. Um, now, living a young man in LA, you can get in trouble, okay? There's a very fast life, yeah? So when I was there, um, I got into the accident. It was a rainy night. And I got my life together. I ended a relationship that was uh, six years, and it was like four years too long, and got my own apartment. Once I got my life together, then that's when I got aligned, and that's when all this work started happening. Yeah. And one thing led to another, and I started reading cards, and really quickly, um, two years into doing readings, always kept my day job, though, okay? Um, two years into doing readings, people on the other side started showing up, and I said, well, why? what is this? Why, why am I getting somebody's uncle when I was supposed to be telling them about their work. And I looked up mediumship. I didn't know what it was. Mediumship started here with the Fox sisters, is with the spiritualists, although it's been around for centuries. And I went to, uh, I started reading these books and they were all from England, all from the UK. And they was about these spirit people called spiritualists. I didn't even know what that was. Mm. And I said, Jesus, if I could just go to this country, the England and study with these people, how great would that be? Because they got into... Um, you know me, Jordan, I, I'm not a foo-foo medium. It's like they're very evident-based. And I said, if I could go there, two weeks into reading these books, I'm out at a party, I step on a person's foot, where are they from? England. That's where I met Simon. My manager he invited me over, one day led to another. I was there for two years, came back. I was on Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, the Phoenix newspaper picked me up, The Globe, Boston Herald, uh, Chronicle, twice, and, and it took off. And mm. uh, this was when mediumship was coming on television with John Edward and James on Prague. So I, I got in there just then and uh, started writing, got signed with Hay House in a month, a publisher. Yeah. And I've uh, been with them for 17, uh, oh God, 2003, 17, 17 years. 17 years, yeah. Well, it's yeah, interesting. I did all their touring. They took me to uh, England and, and Australia, all across the United You know, so, yeah. so I've been doing this for 17 years until this year. Well, everything's come to a stop. But here's the thing, John, you remark about the trauma, that accident. And yeah. yet you were telling us earlier that these things were happening to you as a young child. So obviously there's something happening and and you have a particular gift, but you say that trauma might have broke through and I, woken. I believe, Jordan, woken we all something. have a sole purpose. Some people, it's not to be a radio DJ or to be an admin assistant or a scientist or a mom and dad. Your sole purpose, I think we're born with some type of spiritual purpose. And, my, and I believe your sole purpose is to be all that you can be, um, a divine being from God, the source, whatever you want to call it, uh, helping using your gifts, talents, and abilities to help others. 
So apparently this ability I have is part of my plan. And once I, I committed to it and followed it, everything opened up, Jordan, so much. I, I just wasn't ready for this kind of work and this uh, notoriety with the publisher and television. And I believe when you're supposed to do what you're supposed to do. And look, at it's my purpose is not to be a medium or an author or a radio host. It's a. Uh, it's it's my gift. It's my ability. I don't try to. I try not to say gift, Jordan, because John Edwards said this once. If I say I have a gift, that means I have something you don't. We all have this uh, potential, um, but my my purpose is to use my ability to help others, and I've been doing mm. that for like over two decades now. And that's when you met me. One of the questions has to do with something you actually remark about on your FAQ and the website, and that is, for a while there, you couldn't turn off the communication from the other side. It was. It was like having a radio tuned to all bands all the time. <laughs> Tell us yeah, about that it, and how, how you've dealt with that. Well, it's, there's three kinds of psychics in this, in this world. There's, uh, all of us are very, you know, the new word is empath. We're all uh, intuitive because we're born it. We're born with it. Then we start school as a kid and then it's pushed aside. The right brain comes in, you know, for the analytical side. No, the left brain comes in for analytical where you're born with the right side active. Mm. Um, and so... There's three kinds. There's somebody who is constantly bombarded by their environment, going into malls. They don't like big crowds. They don't know why. So it's someone who is doesn't know anything about this work. The uh, second person is someone that hears the word psychic. They might have looked into it. The third is is the master. The master knows what their abilities are, um, how to turn them on, how to turn them off. They have a working knowledge or education about the energy centers in the body, aura, uh, using breath and meditation. So when you become the master of your abilities, um, you don't have to be, you, when you become the master of your abilities, they are not the master of you. So anytime I hear a medium saying, I can't sleep at night or a student or I, or they're everywhere all the time, they're an, uh, for me, this is just my opinion, they're an untrained medium. Mm. You need, you have to shut it down because you are, it's, you're using your body to do it also. So now that was not a, once I got an education of why it was happening and the faculties of how it happens or through it happens, I learned to shut it off. Want to ask you again, as I did in the past, how the feelings, the images, the sensations come to you, and if it's consistent with other mediums, other qualified people who do this. Yeah, I used to see. I used to be able to. Um, every medium has their own ability, works in a different way, and I used to see more of them in this objective, in your. I mean, uh, objective, subjective in your mind. An objective outside. Many people, Jordan, you have seen this. You ever see something out of the corner of your eye? Oh, of you course. Know? Yeah. Right. Okay. People in the doctor and eye doctor may say, well, it's something else, but it's uh, that's like objective. So I used to see them in my mind's eye or objectively and describe mm-hmm. them. And then it changed. I, I can hear them. I can hear it now. And I feel I'll know if I'm linking with someone, if I'm sitting with someone and I said, I'll feel if it's a male or female, young or old, elderly, uh, how they passed, what's the relationship, what's the age. Um, and, but, and then I'll start hearing uh, either words uh, or thoughts. That's why clear audience is hard. You're like, is this my thought or is that something else? Mm. So I will feel and hear things. Yeah. But I see sometimes too, uh, Jordan, I try to incorporate all of them. You talked about your growing up as an Irish Catholic in Boston. You can't grow up more Irish Catholic than growing up in Boston being an Irish Catholic. Irish-Italian Catholic. Irish-Italian Catholic. Irish, Irish, oh my gosh. So how has this coincided with whatever faith you did practice and may practice? Because a lot of people will uh, attack folks in your area saying it's it's irreligious, it's sacrilegious to do what you do. How do you juxtapose it? Well, I I still consider myself a, a... 
religious, I don't say religious per se, I'm a spiritual person, but Catholicism's with me. When I'm getting on stage, when I do get back on stage, and in the past when I did get on stage, I get on my knee and I, I, do, the, I do the crucifix and I say the Our Father. That's my opening, um, you know. Um, but I believe that even in the Bible, it's, you know, there are verses, there are uh, places in the Bible that say, and you can have these gifts too. And there are places, you know, I think it's what version uh, Bible you're looking at. But I look at it this way, Jordan. Um, you're Jewish, right? Yes, yes. Right. So look at all religions or faith like a spoke on a wheel. Each spoke is a different faith, right? Mm-hmm. But the wheels go in the same place. Right? <laughs> that reminds me, you once talked about the airport, the various uh, airlines and the various gates. Terminals? Gates. You go gates. to the gate, gate six, gate yeah. seven. I don't know if that was me. That must have been one of your other favorites. No, I think and it was I, you. You forgot that's about it. That's a good it. one. I have heard that, though. But but the spokes that. on the wheel, it's the same idea, right? I mean, right. Uh, we're all flesh and blood, pretty much the same, despite what we look like on the outside. But uh, yeah. the soul is is constant in all of us, too. I love working with Jewish. i got to be honest with you. I love working with Jewish women from New York. All right. <laughs> because they believe it. But they're, they're like this. Murray is hey John is Murray. Murray. Are you coming through for this guy or what, Murray? Oh, you know, so funny. they're uh, they're quite fun to work with, too. And it's a three way communication, Jordan. I can't. Someone says, if you're so psychic or meeting, why can't you talk to Elvis or Princess Diana or uh you know, somebody from, you know, Abe Lincoln or Elvis. It doesn't work that way. I, if I, for, if for me to connect to Elvis or to uh, Diane, I need that family member in front of me. It's, it's not like one eight hundred dollar direct. Like <laughs> people like, uh, you know, can you, do you pick up anything from them? It doesn't work that way. I mean, if I had that ability, think of the people that I, I'd love to contact. My mother, for Christ's sake, you know, it's like I would, I would get a hold of her. People like you don't talk to your mother. I can feel her. But I can't have a conversation yeah. Interesting. Uh, doing my job the way I do it for other people because I can't be objective because well, it's my mother. One of the things that that people have been concerned with since time began is the, the fate, where we end up, what happens after this life. And I think what's most reassuring is when hanging around people like John Holland is that there is something not only more – but maybe something even better. And I'm not suggesting anybody get there early, but talk, yeah, a, little, well, talk a little bit about your discoveries from right. your point of view as to what we refer to as the afterlife. Well, you said, you did say, I mean, because uh, mediums talk about how wonderful it is on the other side and everything's so peaceful and colorful. And, you know, uh, but John, Ed, like I said, he's such a, a good colleague. Um, he said once, um, I heard him say, the other side is, is not an invitation. Isn't that great? The other side is not an invitation. I mean, you've got to do your time, whatever you're supposed to do here. Because some people said, well, why don't we just go there now? Mm. No, because then, you know, when, there's, I, I believe you, you go when you're supposed to. You, you can't, you're not supposed to speed it up, all right? Um, but I believe, uh, I know for, I, I used to say there's another side. I don't believe in any other side, another side, Jordan. I know it. Yep. Mm. Because things have come through. And when a son can come through to his mother and say, he, he said that you were just planting the rose bush yesterday, and, he, and that's exactly what she was doing. Um, and I, so they do see us here, and we've been doing this for, I've been doing this for 20 years, so it's validation after validation. And I almost walked away from this work too, though, Jordan, don't forget, it's like uh, every time I feel like I'm so exhausted from it, this is like years ago, I would do a reading for a parent that lost a child. And you haven't seen me in a long time, but talk to me, but I do a lot of volunteer stuff. I help a lot of uh, organizations where parents have lost kids, um, just to help them. And I'm a big, I, since I've seen you, I'm big in with animals also. And I know 
all your animals are on the other side. I know that for a fact because I know dogs so well. Spirit uses now, Jordan. You got a radio mind. You know about the board. You know about programming. You know. Sure. So that's all in Jordan's data bank. Everything I've ever learned, everything I've ever studied, is in here for them to use on the other side. I really got into dogs when I got mine. I know breeds. I worked as a vet tech uh, a, a few times. I know a lot of vets. I know a lot of medical stuff. So not only can I say, if a medium says, oh, your dog is there, that's great. But what if you can see the breed, right? If you can say, oh, you got a, you had a beagle or you have a, oh, you have a golden retriever that's passed over. They, they, the people jump for joy even more. What's even funny for your audience, um, when I'm doing an audience is I'll have somebody's mother come through a father. The minute the dog comes through, they start getting emotional and screaming. Oh my God. <laughs> so if they scream more for the animal than yeah, for their own people. Well, that's yeah. the way it is in the, in the news too. If you hear about a dog being somehow mishandled or abused, uh, more people gravitate to that than they do with a child. Even it's amazing. I, I want to ask you not to comment on those who are cynical about what you do, because there will always be those, but I want to sure. have you address John. Others who claim to do what you do, who claim to be psychics, mediums, have have all the answers. I would love you to remind people what it is they should be wary of. Okay, right. In my last book in 2018, Bridging Two Realms, Hay House came to me and they said, John, you got another book in you? And I thought I wrote everything I could possibly (laughs) write. How can you write? How many times can you write that the dead are alive? All right, they're fine. So I said, what's going on? I mean, uh, I, I look to the community. I look to see what people have been asking me lately. And uh, a lot of people, they were happy getting a message, but more people want to know what's it like on the other side? Um, do my loved ones see me uh, here? Um, can I do this for myself? Because that's what the book is about. So in the book, I talk about what happens to you before you passed, during, and after. Yeah, and what, after Joy, what was the question? I'm sorry. I was concerned about people who uh, oh, are yes, charlatans, because yes. oh, there are in every field. But There's a whole section in that book yeah. that I tell people, um, if you go into a, a medium, um, make sure it's word of mouth. So I'm surprised. I'll do readings when I can. And some people have actually looked me up and they've seen me. Uh, they look it up on the Internet, but they watch footage of me on YouTube. Um, try to go by word of mouth or try to see how a medium works and see if they resonate with you. And it should not. nothing should be general. Um, and they shouldn't be asking like they shouldn't say because I'm a tough shit with this. Excuse me, Jordan. All right. Okay. I'm a teacher now of this. And I'm kind of tough because that's the way I was trained. I can be fun, but no one should be saying to you, I have a gentleman here with cancer. Do you know who that is? Mm. Is it a father figure? Is, what age are you getting? You want to say that to the medium. What age is it? You shouldn't have to say, is it, a, is it an older man or a younger man? Where's the cancer? Is it in the head, the chest, the pancreas, the liver? Um, you know, so the medium shouldn't ask too many questions. They should be telling you if they're really getting somebody on the other side, but try to get uh, word of mouth. And I know, Jordan, if I'm with somebody for 10 minutes, they're like, no, no, no. I'll say, okay, first of all, you're answering no too fast. I use, uh, do you have a spouse? And they'll say, yes. Does that make sense for their side? They're like, oh my God, that's my mother-in-law. Yes, mm. I understand. Because if you go for a reading, you have to leave yourself open um, to know that your, your partner, even if they're exes, have the right to come into their reading. So do your homework of your people of, uh, who passed. Uh, you know, not everybody, obviously, but have some type of. So if somebody comes to see me, I say, um, I know you might want to hear from one person, but open up. Because if you want mom, but yet you're getting her brother, you never know who's going to open the door first for you. And we always say too that my teach, my, uh, my colleagues, be a good sitter. Don't leave the medium on, let them do their job, but work with them, work with them. Uh, 
you know, if they if they're giving you a validation, just say yes or no, or I don't know, or can you talk more about that? Yeah. You mentioned I, the you mentioned the word homework, and I seem to recall uh, we've talked in the past about the fact that in the next realm, we'll call it that, people learn and it are educated and move on through various levels. I, I love yeah. that concept, even though it means more work. But I, I mean, just did a reading. I just did it. Now I'm doing everything by Zoom. I, I understand. Yeah. I use Zoom before, but not to this degree. Uh, none of us have. Um, it doesn't it doesn't matter if it's on the phone or Zoom. I miss the excitement of the audience. But when I do a Zoom group, you know, there's, there's a number of people there. And I came mm-hmm. to one woman, um, one woman just three days ago on a Zoom call. And I said to her, um, your daughter says she's teaching the kids now on the other side. She goes, she just got her teacher's license before she died. And I said, so, and I hear things, you know what I mean? Like tell my mom I'm working at the hospital again or something. So are there structures over there? Is it, is it based on what kind of dimension you want? Or I don't know, Jordan, it's something, because I'm trying to explain, I can only go by what they're telling me. Um, I know there are some people like Anita Morjani her book, Dying to Be Me, she passed away and went to the other side. I don't want to have to die to go have a look. Yeah. You know, I'd rather yeah. be told, but um, I know this. And just a quick story. I was reading for a mother and in the room, I mean, I felt a boy uh, who passed away, her son. And she said, yes. And I said, and I saw, in my mind's eye, I saw an empty wheelchair roll across the room. And I heard him say, and remember, it's in my voice. That's why it's kind of weird to do when you're getting something clear audiently, because Everyone thinks it's like you hear their voice. I, I know I'm talking to a child. And he said, tell my mother that I'm out of the wheelchair and I'm running the bases now. And I mm. said, would you understand him? With the, she said he had spina bifida. Mm. And sadly, Jordan, he was on a bus. The bus driver took off too fast and the kid's neck went back and he died. Mm. He broke his, yeah. Mm. And what a tragic way, you know, he never got out of the wheelchair, but where this kid lived right across the street, every day he'd look out the window at the, uh, the, the uh, playground and watch the boys play baseball. So here he is, he passes away. I get a chair empty. And he said to me, tell my mother, I'm out of the chair and I'm running the bases. So is he really playing baseball on the other side? And he's that chair is gone. Maybe. And you know the movie Jordan, uh, "What Dreams May Come" by Steve uh, by uh, Robin Williams was in. Yes, love it, love the film. I think I think you create whatever you want over there, and um, and we can't. Um, we're trying to explain something in a non physical linear way. I mean, we're trying to explain it physically, and you can't. You know, mm. um, they say there's three dimensions, four. I think there's ten. You know, and luckily, um, so much has changed, Jordan. I mean, I I know Greg Braden. Uh, uh, Joe Dispenza, Bruce Lipton, these are all scientist-based people. So, you know, when he gets in, Greg Graydon talks about the consciousness of man and the 10, you know, there's uh, 10 dimensions. It's like, you can't even wrap your head around it. Yeah. You know, you talk about kids. Uh, there have been so many examples of little children, three, four, five years old, who have this sense of perception. And you talked about your own life, John, as a young yeah. ki- as a youngster, and then you get yeah. into school and, and you become more left brain as opposed to right brain. But uh, w- w- I've seen movies that have depicted these stories and they're breathtaking. I mean, you see what these kids are describing things that they would never have any knowledge of unless they came into contact with them. All right. They call, you know, they, uh, back then they called them indigo children, you know, Mm. but I think that we were, I think a lot of us are born very, especially now, um, most of society, something's happening. The consciousness of man is changing. We're all very, very sensitive. And I think technology does that too for us, Jordan. 
before, remember, back in the day, you didn't have social media to see everything that was going on in the world, right? It was just television and Jordan Rich Show and WBZ, 10, 40 a.m. So, so uh, it's, um, but I think uh, we're more sensitive now. Uh, you know, our nerves, uh, you know, it, it's changing. So people have to learn how to control their sensitivity now. There's one Again, more thing that, that I have to say from a scientific point of view makes so much sense because when you, you, anybody meditates mm -hmm. and there are whole different methods to meditation, but when you stop and get quiet, you hear things. Yeah. It might be the, the crickets in the backyard. You'll actually hear them for the first time, but you'll hear things. Isn't that part of the process, John, that we're just so Busy. Busy with noise everywhere. And then when we everywhere. stop. Why? And we don't have to do any imagination ourselves anymore. It's all done for us. Yeah, I know. I mean, there's memes that move. There's television. There's, uh, but yeah, how can you, someone's like, John, I can't, I, I like to connect to my loved one or I want to connect to my intuition. You got to get quiet. And, you know, Jordan, some people say, well, I don't have time to meditate. It's not, there's all kinds of meditation. It's not Om Mani Padme Home, let me light an incense, ring a gong. It's, um, it's just getting quiet and just breathing, uh, you know, focusing on your breath. Um, and you could, it gets deeper and you can go longer, longer periods. There's walking meditations you can do. Uh, there's looking at a mandala. You just stare at it, stare at a candle because what's going to happen. You haven't, a lot of people haven't gotten quiet for so long that life will try to stop you. You'll close your eyes to meditate right away. You'll be like, did I check the stove? I wonder how many emails I have. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? And once, once yeah. you do that, um, the thoughts will come in and go. You can never make your mind go blank. It's impossible. Yeah. But you can slow down those thoughts. They come in and you let it go. You don't have to dwell on it. And once you get quiet, that's when you can start. That's when your soul has the opportunity to talk to you, you know, to to give you an intuitive hit or a dream or put you at the right place at the right time. Yep. But right now, and someone says, Jordan, we don't I don't have time for it. Now, how many of us do this? You're flicking the phone, yeah, yeah. If you got time to scroll, you got five minutes to to do this. And I always recommend Jordan, uh, really quickly, is many people sleep with their phone beside the bed. I try to keep it downstairs. I use an Alexa to mm. wake me up with some soft music or an, mm. you know a soft alarm clock. Don't reach for the phone as soon as you wake up in the morning before your feet touch the floor. We reach for it, you shut the alarm off, and you lie there. You might go through Facebook, Twitter, read texts, text. You just came from that beautiful place, that beautiful sleep. Hopefully. Your, your soul's on the other side, regenerating like your body. So when you come into, when you wake up, just take a breath. Just take a breath and put your hands on your chest and say one word to start the day. Because I believe that how you start your day is the rest. Is it peace, uh, calmness, forgiveness, one word. So I say, Jonah, you'll like this being a radio guy. And this, I did come up with this, or maybe that was, maybe it was given. It was inspired. Instead of reading for, instead of reaching for your outer technology, reach for your inner technology. Yeah. Love it. But love you can't it. help it. You learn about the energy centers, auras, chakra, breath, yeah. uh, meditation, those four things, meditation, meditation, chakra, energy centers, right. uh, auras and breath. And you, you, you can uh, tap into your spiritual, you are, you are a soul that comes with the body, not a body that comes with the soul. Honor both sides of you. Good talk. And we forget, Jordan, especially with COVID right now, if you're freaking out, do that quiet thing. And... Um, I was watching a commercial. I tell this to everybody now. I was watching a commercial for an insurance company. They have a new app and you can go on there and connect with them. And the announcer said, when you're connected, you're protected. And I went, damn, that's good. <laughs> so when you're connected, Jordan, to God, your yeah, universe, whether it's yeah. prayer, you're protected. I don't mean from, from bad things really per se. It just means when you're connected, 
you're you're in a, you're in an alignment, and that's getting not too foofoo, you know. No, it's, I love yeah, it. And, I love it. And when you I, meditate, Jordan, you know what you're mindful about being present. Because if you're worrying too much about the future, you're racing. No sense of going in the past. It's already happened. It's trying to stay, be mindful of the present moment. And it can be tough. Mm. I just have a few more things. One is, have you ever recently or in the past had a, an unsettling experience with this? And if so, what does it manifest itself as? Well, in, in my book, Bridget Two Realms, I keep saying, in my experience, in my experience, I've never had, some people, aren't you afraid of entities? Never happened to me. All right. Is there a hell? I don't believe with the devil in the pitchfork. I believe there's different levels to the spirit world. Okay. Um, but I've never had a evil per se. I felt, I felt things though, Jordan. Mm. Um, I did get an, I, I don't even know if I was on afterwards with you or before I did get a pilot with the history channel. Um, and they took me, uh, I did the shirtwaist factory first for the biography channel on A and E where they took, I, I didn't even know what the shirtwaist factory was. You can watch it on YouTube. Um, they blindfold me, put me where the, uh, you heard of the shirtwaist factory? Yeah. Before? And in fact, I've seen so many of your television appearances and I'm reminded of the history channel and that one, but go right. ahead. So yeah. And it's where 90 women, you know, jumped out of the window because of the fire. I mean, why couldn't they take me to Machi Pinchu or to Egypt? Yeah. That was Brooklyn, they, they, wasn't it? Brooklyn, what? New York, yeah, Brooklyn, New York, New, yeah. right in New York city. Yeah. Yep. And they took me, um, because I did place memory. I take me to a place where something happened. Now there weren't ghosts. There weren't 90 ghosts there of women screaming. I felt the emotion. I tapped into that time of what happened. And um, I felt the emotion of it. I, like it was like a snapshot in the ethers that stay there. They weren't haunting. I was feeling it. So it was just an after feeling, an energy that was there. So that went so well. They decided to take me uh, blindfold to put me uh, on a plane. I didn't have to wear the blindfold. And where they take me next, blindfolded, Waco, Texas. Oh, boy. And so that's where I felt some, uh, the personality of, uh, you know, the personality that David Koresh, I mean, just not good. Well, people, listen, John, I mean, anyone who travels to various places and let's say you go to the, the, the concentration camps in Germany, you're going to you feel, feel the energy that is there. Places and, and things and objects retain energy. Uh, you don't have to be Look a... Look at you. I'm so proud of you. Hey, come on, come on. I've studied <laughs> I've studied the great John Holland. Right. But I, you feel it. You walk into a mausoleum or you walk into something uh, or someplace that's bright and cheerful that you get that energy from, right. you from are, that Yes, place. and you can feel spiritual places when you walk sure. into a church or a synagogue sure. Or, sure. or Stonehenge or Manchi Pinchu. You feel something there. So yeah. I have a way of, of uh, intensifying or turning up the volume when I go to these places only when I want to. Yeah, so I have felt evil per se, but it wasn't a demon there per se. It was like what, how, what David did. Uh, you know, to these people and he manipulated them. So yeah, I ended up crying in the, uh, it was awful. Um, they, um, they, they, it didn't take off because they thought they should have taken me to a place that was unknown that I didn't know about. i tell you, honest, Jordan, I, I knew about Waco, but I didn't know the guy's name. I met his mother. Then they took me to California into a house where they were storing all the rifles and the women. And no one knew that. Um, so I, I went in there too, and that can also be seen. But yeah, to be to answer you, I've never experienced that. That's why I know there's a lot of haunting shows out there. That's why in the book I keep saying, in my experience, right. because I didn't want the the paranormal investigators coming at me. Yeah. In my experience, I've never experienced anything okay. like that. I've never seen a trapped soul saying, "Can you help me cross?" 
So final question, John, and and think about this for a sec. You've done so much with, I'm going to call it your ability, that you've yeah. you've honed and you've taken what a lot of us have and you've honed it to, uh, to help a lot of people to make a career, to enjoy life and all that right. travel. But what's left to do? Is there another level, another realm of investigation, another improvement in, in that, the John. sensitivity? Simon says to me, what do you want to do now, John? I'm like, it's almost like a plumber is a plumber, right? I mean, I'm a medium. It's what I do. But um, things are changing now. I started, um, some people have membership sites. So I'm starting that soon where I'm going to have people, because I kept saying after 17 years, I, I've done it. I've done it. Um, I kept saying, I don't want to travel as much. I, I want to spend some time with my dog as he's getting older. And people are like, well, you asked for this. I'm like, yeah, not like this, uh, you know, with the, with COVID. But um, so I'm bringing more people uh, to me now. And so I've got communities going. But things are changing with me now, Jordan. Medical stuff is coming through me now. I can look at somebody and it's like, okay, what am I going to do with that? I didn't study medical uh, intuition, but it seems like, I mean, it's, I can't, it's, I can just feel aches mm. and point out things. And, um, I think also doing as I, as I'm, as we're getting a little older, um, I like spiritually counseling people now, but I don't want to just, if I'm going to be a life coach, spiritual, given some, some, a lot of people look for a little spiritual advice too. I want to make sure I'm trained properly and there will be letters beside my name, not from a weekend course. It's going to be on. It has to be, you know, doing. I'd rather study something for a year to be certified mm. uh, by by somebody like the Edgar Casey Foundation or something um, to be that. So it's changing. Uh, you know, I'm becoming more of the the sage, I guess. Nice to be a sage in your old age, as they I'll say. Try it, yeah. Although you're far from old, but I am so happy that we got together again. You're a fascinating guy. You'd be interesting, even if we weren't talking about any of this stuff. Yeah. You'd be. You've always been kind to us too, Jordan. And before we go, remember Vicky. Came Vicky Monroe came into your studio. And this Absolutely. Is now, and you know, lovely girl, young, bubbly, long red hair. You know, um, one time I heard this. I, I wasn't there when this happened. Vicky was talking about a man who came through who smoked who uh, was who would smoke. Uh, I don't know if it was somebody's grandfather a pipe. I remember. Enjoyed it. Tell them what happened. Okay, I was there. The studio was was totally open and lit as it always is. Uh, we and had late a, at night too. Late at night, it was about one thirty in the morning. Vicky Monroe, I believe she's from Maine. She came in. She is. She's a delightful lady. I'm still in touch with her on Facebook and stuff. And uh, she, there was a reporter uh, following her, covering an investigator covering her as well. And as she was talking to a caller about the caller's great uncle who had passed over, she described the the pipe that he used to smoke. And I can attest to this, folks. It's the only real evidence that's concrete. Physical physical evidence. evidence. We all smelled the tobacco smoke in the studio. And I've got to tell you a follow-up to this, John. Years later, one of my uncles, very lovely man, lived to be 96 or 7 years old, but he was a pipe smoker. And after he passed a couple of months afterwards, in my car of all places, I would smell the smoke. I would smell the pipe. And I thought, did I have somebody in the car or did a valet drive? And this yeah. lasted for months. And then I, I said, you know, I've smelled pipe smoke. I've smelled pipe tobacco before when it wasn't there. So it's just a fascinating little story. And Vicky is a doll. And uh, I, I believe she's as sincere as, as anybody as you are. So. Right. Yeah. And she wasn't like sitting there with a the little with a little tube of a uh, no. pipe smoking oil. No, you know, her hands was, were it, clearly visible. She was just doing her thing. And the sense of this just kind of wafted through the air. And it well, was 
incredible. Before we let, yes, and what happens is we try to we try to rationalize it and say, oh, it must be this. Your loved ones are trying to get your attention all the time, whether it's through dreams, uh, nature, cardinals, hummingbirds. You're driving down, you're thinking of your mother just as you thinking of her. There's her favorite song, or yeah. there's a license plate with there. Don't explain it away, everyone. Your loved ones are just a thought away, and they got to keep trying. And don't keep saying like Boston, like you know, from a Boston point of accent, how weird. How strange. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my One thing God. about you, you haven't lost that beautiful Dorchester accent. No, just say, God hey, I lost you. it when I moved to California in England, but come back with my Italian family. And it came. Oh, right back you can't it. help it, man. Yeah, That's but great. Thank you, Jordan. I, I love you. And thank you for all your support. You John. Know, and uh, putting your wisdom out there to everyone. People will get to read more about you if they don't know you at johnholland.com. But it was such a joy meeting up with you. And I hope to do it in person again one of these days when things Absolutely. get better. Absolutely. Yep. You take care, my friend. All right. Ah, wonderful conversation with an old friend, John Holland. To find out more about his work and seminars, his books, lectures, videos, and more, visit johnholland.com, just the way it sounds, johnholland.com. Many thanks, as always, to those who helped make this program possible, including Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media, Ken Carberry, of course, my partner here at Sharp Productions, and the talented Connor McDonough of Scribendi Advertising. And he's a bit under the weather. We wish him a very speedy recovery. And most of all, I want to thank you for not only subscribing and downloading the podcast, but offering up reviews and ratings and passing us along to your friends. I really appreciate that. Until next time, this is Jordan saying, as always, be well so you can do good. Take care.